This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Good morning. It's Kurt Sumner, host of the NSPS Radio mm-hmm. Hour. Thank you for being with us today. With us leading up to, and I say us, I mean NSPS, leading up to our fall business meetings, which will be this coming week out in Arizona, I thought it would be a really good time to maybe catch up a little bit with some of our, our leaders in regard to what's happening in NSPS, some of the things we're going to be talking about at our meetings, um, some of the initiatives that we've been working on just um, as a, a lead-up to that meeting, and then uh, we'll be putting out reports afterwards. One of the things I've started doing this year and sending out to our leadership and our state groups um, is a, a quarterly report on activities going on here and in the office that, that we focus on. Um, as well as touching on some of the other overall things that we're doing in PS. And so far that seems to be working out pretty well. So we just really want to do everything we can to make sure that our membership and other people who are interested one way or the other in, in what we do at NSPS get as much information as possible. So to that end, I think I have with me today, because I just got on the line here a minute or so ago, uh, Tony Cavell, who's president. Tony, you're with us? Yes, I am. Yes, and I have Jen Fokins, who is our president-elect. Jen is on board. And I have Kim Levitt, who's our vice president. Yes, I'm here. So we're all here. Well, welcome to the show. Before we start, though, a really important thing that needs needs to go out to uh, to our audience, but really to Jan Fokins, is uh, I was reminded by Trish, uh, for the people who don't know Trish, Trish is our office manager here, um, Jan, that uh, she really needs you to bring some more of those Michigan chocolate-covered cherries that you had provided before. <laughs> and, and I have so, I have worked on those. Having done that, I'm putting in my uh, my wish list for those as well. I'm a big fan, so <laughs> I will put in an order to uh, for those, and I'll bring some more. There you go. Okay. Well, I'm sure the audience will be pleased to know that that we're going to get our chocolate covered cherry. So, with that out of the way, um, that's that's the big deal for the day. So, <laughs> we can talk quick um, now. I think we're taking care of the important. <laughs> no, that is the end you. of the uh, NSPS radio hour, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Put in your orders to Jan for chocolate covered cherries. Um, maybe we could uh, could start out uh, talking a little bit about our meeting that's coming up. A lot of things are going on now in, in our meeting, and some issues that that come forward that that we're all going to be talking about. We've been doing a lot of work on. Uh, a lot of committee work this year. I think hopefully everybody knows that that Tony's done a really good job of of refocusing. If that's the right terminology for our committees, trying to get our committee work actually more engaged. Uh, sometimes in organizations, whether they're local or national, um, committees get established and they give they have things to do, or they're supposed to look for things to do, one or the other, and uh, then. Sometimes we lose focus on that, and so one of the things Tony made uh, a part of his uh, administration was to improve that activity and and get more people involved, actually, in committee work, because I think everybody on the phone certainly understands, as do I, that once you get appointed to a committee, sometimes that means you are 
on an island and expect to get everything done on your own. Uh, and so that's kind of hard to accomplish sometimes. So I don't know, maybe, maybe Tony, you might want to chat a little bit about that and, and what our sure. what, what we're doing, and then maybe uh, Ken can, I know he's been involved in that as well. So. Yes, uh, it was actually, I'm going to give some kudos to the past president, um, who uh, uh, asked me as when I was president-elect to look into the committees, and uh, in so doing, realized that, gee, as it ought to be, the vice president is uh, supposed to be, for lack of a correct term, the program manager and take care of committees. Uh, I wasn't the vice president, but it was I who the uh, uh, chair of the president asked to look into it. And in the process, uh, one of the big things we did, well, I hope we did, is uh, to think of the structure on paper only of our committees as funnels so that the information has a direct, has an obvious place to go and an obvious Channel to get to the board of directors who the information who needs that information, and uh, for the most part, I think it's it, we've created some momentum uh, as a father, if you will. Uh, I'm disappointed in the children who haven't quite lived up to their potential, as we've all heard with our report cards. But I think we've got some momentum going, and I think it's uh, in, in a few cases, few shining examples, it looks really good. And Kim, I know that you've you've been involved in that organization too. Maybe you want to add a little something to that. You bet. I, uh, you know, appreciate Tony uh, getting on this as well uh, for this administration. You know, we're always striving to find ways to empower our committees with the tools that help NSPS move forward through you know many issues that we face as surveyors of the nation and. This past few months, we've been trying to improve the NSPS leadership communication with our standing committee chairman, and, uh, you know, we're hoping to better serve our committees as leadership as well and to help them reach their goals and, in turn, NSPS will benefit from their volunteer service. And as we know, the heart and soul of NSPS is our directors from the states and, and territories across the nation, and the directors connect us uh, you know, the National Society to the professional land surveyor, whether it's in the field or in the office or in academic world, in government or in private practice. And, uh, you know, they're the ears and the arms of this society, and we depend on their input and service to function at the level expected of all of us. And uh, right now, we have a fantastic group of standing committee chairmen, and Sometimes we have several subcommittees under them reporting to them, and so they've got a lot to do. And we really appreciate their dedication of time and knowledge, commitment, and the passion to our profession. And sometimes it goes unnoticed. And uh, as as leaders and the leadership, we really do express our gratitude to them and all their committee uh, people that are ever increasing our. Uh, uh, commitment to our profession, so we we really do appreciate them, and we're we're trying harder this last quarter to communicate with them and and uh, get this information uh, turned around and back to them. So that's what we've been trying to work on this quarter. Certainly, uh, Jan, 
from your perspective, and I don't know if, if committee is the right terminology here, but I know because of um, all the things that have happened in our organization over the last few years with our joint membership program and changing the structure of our board and um, and all of those kind of things, you kind of got, I won't say thrown into, but you got the, the pleasure of dealing with trying to figure out how all those changes were going to occur. And that that's just another example, I think, of where uh, people working together have come up with, with we believe, what is, is the right thing for us to say in our bylaws. But I know that's been quite a job as well. Well, yeah, if I can comment on that, uh, Kurt, you know, that has been one of the, uh, I think, one of the difficult things to kind of figure out, you know, and I think we have heard from when we made the transition from the, the Board of Governors into the uh, our governance by the directors, what we needed to be able to do and what was what they, the directors, they've spoken to is the need for this line of communication, and that is, uh, as Kim and uh, as Tony have said, we needed to have that communication both forward and back uh, from the uh, the executive board to the directors, and then. But it's also important that the directors communicate back to uh, to the the executive board, and it's so very important that the committees uh, working with them, everyone that we get that line of communication because whatever the executive board is doing, we need to get that out to the directors so that the directors can get that word out to the to the various organizations, whether it's, uh, you know, the, the voting membership uh, as uh, to the state organizations or out to the those, those affiliates that we now have and that we are encouraging. Those various organizations that want that want to come and become involved with NSPS, and that we want to have as our as a, a wider spectrum that we are encouraging to become members of NSPS. Uh, it's so important. So that line of communication needs to go out from the uh, from the leadership, but also we, uh, which is very important. But also more important, I think, is that we're getting that feedback from from out amongst the membership is what do they want us to provide? What is our what are our goals, and what do what does NSPS have to provide? And we're finding out that it's a wide spectrum that we need to have, and, and we're seeing that with the different types of of you know services or who are we need to encompass and bring into our organization. And I think that's so very important. Yeah, one thing that seems to me that is is helpful, and we struggled with this. And when I say we, I think anybody, any organization struggled with with issues um, as they come along. And you know, you need to to deal with them, or at least comment on them, or address them in some way. And and sometimes it's confusing because okay, who's going to do that, or who's prepared to do that? And one of the things I think that's been been good in this reorganization, so to speak, of committees and bringing more people in uh, in sub subgroups and that kind of thing, is that we actually have a, a bigger group of people to reach out to to deal with the issues as they arise, and perhaps have people with special 
capabilities or special access to deal with a particular issue rather than just a committee chair. Um, because for so long, I think, with us, we, we would say, okay, here's a committee chair, and then something comes along, and that person kind of gets overwhelmed because they don't, they don't really know who to t- who's there to help support them. And that's one of the things that I think has been good about the way this structure has been laid out is it creates a, a framework of people that can collectively work rather than committee chairperson saying, oh, my gosh, here's a big task. How am I ever going to get this done? And, and maybe sometimes you're able to reach out and get other people to help you do that, but with a structure where those people are already in place, I think that that's really helpful. And, and moving forward, I think that will just get stronger. We'll be able to add more and more people uh, in those categories where they, we know they have a particular expertise or, a, or an area of interest or something. So uh, believe it or not, we are a little over 10 seconds away from our first break. So um, we can pick up on this again when we come back. We've got a lot of other things to talk about today, too. So let's go to that first break, and we will be back in just a couple of minutes. Want to know if your Seanstead locator is still under warranty? Go to Seanstead.com and click on Warranty Finder in the lower left-hand corner. Enter your six-digit serial number, and it will tell you everything you need to know. Out of warranty? Click on Repair Department. But here's a tip. Before sending it in, pick up a $25 discount by going to Specials and Sales under the Buy Now tab at www.seanstedt.com. Obamacare is failing. We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at ObamacareWatch.org. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number. 800-438-0387 or go to quickstake.com that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E dot com and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. Attention surveyors, Seanstead announces the Maggie, the next generation magnetic locator. The Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Seanstead products, the sensitivity and precision of the GA52CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA92XT. Contact your dealer for details or go to www.seanstead.com. Seanstead, the best just got better. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Before we went to break, we were talking about the, the upgrading, if that's the right terminology, of our committee structures and broadening our, our breadth of people who are involved to help us address the issues as they as they come along. Some of some standing issues are always there that you have to deal with one way or the other, but sometimes we get new things come in. And Tony, I think you had another comment you wanted to make about that. I did, Kurt. Thank you. Um, 
uh, you picked up on a, an item that I failed to, and I should have, because it was one of the intended results of the... I, I talked about the communication because of the funneling, if you will, of the report, but uh, this is not a policy, this is not a bylaw, but by this structure, all of those people who are subcommittees are on, if you will, that's the they, they belong to the to the uh, committee that they report for. So there are no more main committees with only one person on. They have members. So as you said, we, we have more people to contribute. And second, very quickly, uh, Jan very modestly uh, reflected your uh, comment about his work on the bylaws, but uh, it deserves to be recognized that for uh, uh, several years now, uh, Jan has been, if you will, the, the keeper of the gate, uh, uh, making us uh, and improving constantly the, our policies and bylaws through his work on this committee, and uh, he deserves a kudos on that, by the way. That was my comment. Thanks. Yeah, we we have a we're trying really hard to reach out and and have better communication with everybody. One thing that we've been doing this year that seems to be uh, appreciated is is a quarterly report uh, that I've been putting together. Uh, based on all the work that everybody's doing and on whatever issues we're talking about that are going on and and that's been really well received so I want to keep keep us continuing to do that so we publish those of course and not not just to our board and leadership but to the members at large um, because one of the things we always struggle with or any organization struggles with is staying communicative with your with your membership and your audience um, we try to do that through the newsletters, and we try to do it through the radio show in a lot of different ways. But uh, posting something that's or sending it out to people on a regular basis, I think, is important. So they have a some idea of where we're headed. And as a matter of fact, we're going to talk as we get later in the show about some of those issues that have come out in those reports, and can maybe get a little uh, idea of where they stand. Um, some of those things, by the way, and, and Tony, maybe we can start by having you uh, talk about these these issues to begin with and then get Kim and Jan involved as well. But we've actually been involved in what I would refer to as some special reports, uh, particularly this year. Um, a request came in for an issue of an Alaska, and I think that acronym is DPPR, I think that's correct, um, which relates to how the control is going to be set up for future um Disposition, if that's the right terminology, for lands in Alaska that haven't been uh, haven't been meted out to people or for the use of, of people, uh, and so BLM has a strategy about that. And, and I'm not exactly sure where that report sits. I know it's pretty close to being finalized. If it's not, so you might comment about that a little bit. Another Did issue that go ahead. go ahead. We'll talk about that, and then uh, I'll come back to the others. The, uh, uh, it is an issue that uh, is of interest to surveyors in the United States. Uh, in part because of the uh, traditional um, method of disposition of lands that belong to the public, to the United States, uh, to private citizens. And uh, there's several unique situations in, in Alaska that, and uh, I'm, I'm in Louisiana, which is a long ways away from Alaska, but so I don't know this colloquially, but... Uh, there are uh, issues about the vastness of the of the state, issues about the sometimes uh, difficult terrain in the state, uh, 
Additionally, there's issues about uh, less good coverage by GPS uh, at that latitude as well as in between mountains and such. And uh, there's the issue of uh, BLM having a big enough budget to survey property in the way that they've done in the past uh, before it's uh, patented. And all of those have kind of come to a head. Uh, some of those issues have been going on since, uh, well, well, here's my history class, in 1958 when Alaska became a state. Um, but the, uh, uh, I understand what you, uh, the same thing that you said in that uh, uh, their negotiations are getting closer. Uh, and uh, I don't know exactly where it will end up. We could talk about minutia that uh, the surveyors might find quite interesting, but uh, uh, not knowing too many particulars, uh, I'll, I'm going to avoid doing that. But uh, I know that they're, they're working hard, and I think both sides want to do it right, but they both have some interest that, at least on the surface, can certainly be done. Yeah, and, and actually being able to contribute to that type of of issue, I think, is um, a really important role for NSPS and one that's not sure over time we've necessarily um, weighed in on or, or even been asked to weigh in on, and, and that's encouraging, I think, that organizations and people who have issues related to serving are reaching out to NSPS as, as a, an independent entity, so to speak, that has the best interest of the profession and the serving the public at heart. And dealing with these or giving opinions about these kinds of issues from a, a broader perspective than just the people who happen to be involved in a particular uh, situation. Uh, another one of those that's, I don't know that we've, we haven't finalized that one yet, but came up this past year was uh, regarding whether or not hydrographic surveying should fall within the license or does fall within the license uh, in each state. Um, it, it's a bit of a specialty, kind of kind of like the photogrammetry issue that we dealt with in a number of states. Uh, it's a special part of surveying that's not the normal boundary location kind of thing, although hydrography can be involved in boundary location, I suppose, to some degree. But that it's another issue, and this particular one uh, has sort of raised uh, in, in Oregon, and we've got a group of people looking at that now, and uh, I think everybody understands that we at NSPS have a hydrographic certification program that's intended as a different thing than having rela relationship to the license directly, but it's more about procedure for hydrographic surveys. So um, that's just, that's another issue that's come up, and I know we've had some some fairly recent discussions about it. Um, I don't know, perhaps any of the three of you may have some some thoughts about that in terms of of hydrography and how it plays into surveying in general and how it gets reflected either within our licenses or not. I, maybe in your individual states you may have something about that. I don't know, Kim, do you guys deal with that at all where you are? Uh, you know, we, we deal with it with, uh, uh, you know, just through the surveying community. It's uh, normally provided by licensed surveyors. You know, the topography of under the water uh, is basically something that, and, and other agencies, there are agencies that, uh, uh, you know, have their own set of, uh, of guidelines for gathering that information and who stamps it and those type of things. So haven't really gotten uh, 
too much into that uh, as far as our our state uh, society and, and regulations for that. But I can see the need for uh, you know kind of watching over that element as well as the you know the surface of the earth and surface under the waters and the same thing. So. Yeah, and I'm not exactly how how the issue came up um, in Oregon at, uh, to begin with. Uh, and, but I, I know it had to do with some folks. I don't know if they hold the certification that we have, um, or certainly their backgrounds in hydrography. And so now it gets to talking about more how it working within a particular state than than offshore and, and those kind of things. And I don't know, Jan, do you you guys have those issues in Michigan? Uh, well, we certainly we certainly do, and, and uh, the. Hydrographic surveying is is uh, pointed out uh, specific in our, and I will speak directly to Michigan in our in our statute, uh, and I, I'm sure it uh, has ramifications to the other Great Lakes states. But also, you know, one might might not think much of it until one thinks of the Great Lakes states. It has implications on an international. Situation since we border with our neighbors to the north in Canada, how does that how does that impact the international situation? Because we have uh, it raises the question of uh, you know our neighbors to the north could be could be uh, practicing uh, in our in our backyard. So it, it has implications that uh, far are far reaching when one starts thinking about. You know the Great Lakes states and our neighboring, uh, our neighbors in Minnesota, Wisconsin, Ohio, uh, and even Illinois. So it's uh, it's it's an issue that we need that needs to be handled on the national level. You know, and that's why NSPS is so important in uh, in what we are dealing with with this issue. Uh, you know, and as I read those uh, requirements that they were talking about. Um, you know, in that hydrographic certification, and it is a very complicated uh, uh, requirement that, you know, you know, as myself as a, uh, as a surveyor in private practice, it, it goes far beyond what I was doing as a private practitioner, and uh, I see the value of it and, and the need for it. So it's, a, you know, just that very specific one type of certification is uh, is very uh, it's an interesting issue. In Louisiana, there are a lot of uh, surveyors who are also certified hydrographers and do both types sorts of work. And I think this issue was a uh, uh, primarily a coastal or, in, in the case of Michigan, a Great Lakes type of issue in which there were practitioners who had gotten a certificate that said they were hydrographers certified, but uh, they were objecting to states or federal agencies requiring that they have a surveyor's license in order to protect the public on their contracts, and they were hoping to uh, make their business model easier than having to have a surveyor on board. That's, uh, that's it, and that will probably overly simplify. Right, and... and Again, um, I only pointed out Oregon because that's where, where the conversation is going on right now, but as as is evidenced by this conversation we're having, uh, it, it's an issue wherever you are, and you don't have to 
be along a coastline to, to deal with with hydrography as it relates to surveying in general or even uh, uh, boundaries between people. So, again, these are just things that we and NSPS talk about, need to be talking about, and I'm really happy to see that we're becoming more proactive and being more directly involved in these kind of things than, than maybe in the past. I think that's the, the job of the organization. So I just wanted to bring those up to chat about them. So yeah, I'm happy to break. It's time for our second break, so let's do that. We'll come back and pick up on that when we come back. Attention surveyors, Seanstead announces the Maggie, the next generation magnetic locator. The Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Seanstead products, the sensitivity and precision of the GA52CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA92XT. Contact your dealer for details or go to www.seanstead.com. Seanstead, the best just got better. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number. 800-438-0387 or go to quickstake.com that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E dot com and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. Obamacare is failing. We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at ObamacareWatch.org. Want to know if your Seanstead locator is still under warranty? Go to Seanstead.com and click on Warranty Finder in the lower left-hand corner. Enter your six-digit serial number, and it will tell you everything you need to know. Out of warranty? Click on Repair Department. But here's a tip. Before sending it in, pick up a $25 discount by going to Specials and Sales under the Buy Now tab at www.schonstedt.com. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Speaking of issues that are not necessarily uh, on the everyday menu of what a lot of surveyors do is the whole thing with UAS. I I know, uh, I think, Kim, you you guys have a committee that's formed. I don't know if you're busy in looking at that yet or not, but I know there's a reason. (laughs) There isn't. You know, the attempt is basically, uh, you know, just kind of getting a good start, but with, you know, with this recent FAA finalizing the, you know, the operational rule of Part 107 uh, for for just, you know, routine commercial use of uh, the small unmanned aircraft, you know, it's really, really opened up uh, uh, the skies to a new business for a lot of people. And so, you know, new technology continues to make changes to the way that we survey and with the changes come you know policy review and 
standards review, all these types of things, and and uh, we have to do those review things to to understand how you know uh, there's a need to to protect property and the public. Um, you know, in many states right now, in many states and counties and cities, uh, they're regulating and setting standards for uh, drones and uh, these UAS uh, communities. And so NSPS will need to have a policy statement uh, addressing things like accuracy, you know, the mapping, the licensing, uh, the ground truthing, national mapping standards, as well as defining or redefining uh, definitions of survey sometimes. So uh, we need to address this information and uh, the use of this information, you know, and how, how it's gathered and, and uh, is the information, you know, in the, in the end of things, sometimes the end user, uh, you know, his interest is... How, he, it isn't necessarily how the information was gathered, but it, can I use it? Is it suitable? And is it affordable for my purposes? So, you know, all those things are coming into play with this uh, technology. There are, um, you know, universities uh, with degrees in imagery analysis and those type of things. So we've got to gather all of this information and, and make sure that it uh, uh, is assimilated properly and licensing, ground truthing, and those type of things are addressed as well because there will be a lot of people that want to do this mapping that have nothing to do with the license, nothing to do with surveying. And so uh, we've got to kind of come up with a policy statement that uh, offers some insight on that. And that's kind of what this committee is trying to work on at the moment. And it's so true that the way things are happening so rapidly, I started to say changing so rapidly, but they're just happening so rapidly in terms of um, ability to gather and, and process data and all those kind of things. It certainly uh, makes it even more important that, that we as an organization and as a profession um, have an opinion about those things and share our 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 ideas with other people and sometimes we have a little trouble doing that without being too preachy but we, mm-hmm. we understand that it's important to be a part of the of the conversation and and you know just just the whole idea of people recognizing our organization more and more and uh, everybody knows about the arrangement we've had with ALTA for years on the standards and that's become um, just a just a part of the natural process these days in, in commercial real estate and sometimes residential real estate across the country, that that's a standard that, that we're a part of. And and recently we had an, an issue um, with regard to uh, uh, National Association of Realtors in terms of recognizing surveying. And I know, Tony, you, you reached out to them, and I think their response from them has been pretty, pretty positive so far in terms of being, the willingness to talk with us. Uh, it has. I wanted to backtrack one second, if you don't mind. Uh, no, part of part of what uh, Kim was saying reminds me of a, of a message I'd like to get to the board of directors uh, this week, and that is that uh, there are lots of new technologies. There's lots of new techniques and, and and systems and such, but that data 
get out of that is data, but intelligence comes from the analysis of that data, and it's, no matter how much we like our toys, the thing people pay us to do as surveyors is to analyze and come up with an intelligent answer to what does all this data mean, and uh, we need to keep that uh, as, a, as an underpinning for when we, uh, it, it's, it would be silly to say somebody, yeah, you own UAS, you have a camera on it, and you can't take pictures. That's silly. On the other hand, what you do with pictures can't be guaranteed to the degree that someone who is licensed and practiced in photogrammetry could do. Uh, that was my uh, two cents there. But the realtors have indeed, uh, uh, to this point, their staff has, has reacted very uh, accommodatingly. Uh, they're, uh, uh, I forgot what they call themselves, uh, their board that makes decisions of, uh, uh, policy for the, for the realtors, uh, it con- considered our proposal, which was a proposal to, uh, that they, uh, be careful not to, uh, uh bridge the rules and laws that require certain, certain types of work certain types of intelligence, again, if you will, to be that of someone licensed by the state. And uh, unfortunately, I should have had a report to actually share with you today, except that the uh, office manager who deals with that sort of thing was ill last week, so I'm promised to get a report sometime on Monday, which is today. Uh, And we we shall see what the uh, uh, results of their uh, consideration are. And just for the audience who may not may not be aware of this particular situation, the, the conversation we were having with them really was related to their ethical standards and placing something there that would would impose an, an ethics standard on anyone who might be uh, practicing inadvertently, perhaps um, by giving advice that that are, are information that is actually a surveying activity. So I, I don't know, John, if you want to touch on that anymore, but that was that's our specific request. That, that's correct. I mean, uh, rather obviously there's one of their tenants in their uh, uh, code of ethics. It's, I can paraphrase to say don't, uh, don't do lawyer's work, and we were suggesting that uh, it's as big a breach of their ethics to, uh, if they do, Surveying work, and there are anecdotal uh, examples where a realtor has made the mistake of, uh, of saying, "This is where your boundary is," or "Those trees are it," and everybody knows that the telephone pole marks your boundary, or little silly things like that have have happened, and people have been uh, damaged by that. Uh, and if they had included that uh, addition to their code of ethics as we requested or suggested, uh, uh, that would be avoided by many more people who are uh, members of the uh, of the real uh, what do they call themselves the real force. Right. You know, another thing that that I'm really proud of and and happy that we've been able to assist. Um, this has been a part of what our foundation does for years. Uh, is relating to supporting people who've been harmed by disaster, and through the years we've. This actually began with uh, with Katrina, Tony, years ago, uh, when that fund was first established. And since then, we've we've had people uh, contact after after horrible tornadoes and and various other natural disasters. 
um, and most recently uh, with with the flooding down in uh, in your part of the world down there, Tony. And so that's something that is, that operates through our foundation. But uh, we try to make people aware of it, and not only from the perspective of its availability when someone's in need, but uh, also reaching out to people to help uh, fund help fund the, the the service, the disaster relief fund. Uh, so that we are able to help people out, and uh, I don't know, Jan, I don't know if you've been working with that at all, or uh, Tony or Kim have any comments about it. But I did want to mention it because it is an important thing, and and it's important for people to know that it exists and that that NSPS uh, is involved in it. Uh, I can speak to it uh, you know, briefly. The it is it, perhaps the. Uh, best example of the benevolent, fraternal nature of NSPS for more than just a bunch of people who uh, try to get a logo that we can put on our business card and try to work on some legislative issues. But surveying, as you know, is, is a brotherhood and sisterhood, and uh, having a, a benevolent uh, side to what we do uh, is just a, a little bit of a revelation of our character. That was it. Thanks. I appreciate that. Well, we got an election coming up, um, and so I'm not really sure where the committee is on uh, on finding candidates, but, of course, we're always interested in people being willing to serve. And um, I, I bring that up, really, because sometimes there seems to be confusion among folks that if you're not part of a special group of people, you can't be a candidate, and, and that really isn't true. Our, our committee... Uh, looks in various places for candidates, so I don't know if any of the three of you have any comments about that or not, but I just wanted to bring it up because the election will be coming up and and uh, you, you don't necessarily have to be in the club, so to speak, to be a candidate. Not at all. The, uh, in fact, I, I'm, I spoke up quickly because I got an email about two minutes ago from the chairman of the nominations committee, and uh, he said he has several people who have... Uh, expressed interest in the position of vice president, and uh, as, uh, apparently people are fairly pleased with the work of our treasurer and uh, uh, the secretary because uh, no one's uh, stepped up to uh, request nomination uh, in, in that election. Uh, you're quite right that uh, people being interested in serving uh, is very important to an organization like ours. When we changed our structure and eliminated the Board of Governors, a little bit of the path that one might follow to to, to become a leader or to be discovered and invited to become a leader, uh, we've diminished a little bit because we have now one layer less of exposure to people. Uh, we also, in the same time, have gone from an organization of a little less than 4,000 to a neighborhood of 17,000 members. Uh, uh, just statistics tell me that uh, we've got some very good, very talented, very uh, capable people who whose talents we might draw on to help the profession. Right, and, and those people exist, and not necessarily just, like I said before, uh, not just people who are currently on our board, but there are lots of people out there that have great characteristics and great leadership skills, and we're always looking, looking for those. 
Well, we're at our third break, uh, going fast. So let's go to our last break, and we'll be back for our last segment in just a few minutes. Getting into underground utility location? If so, you'll want to know about the Schoenstatt Instrument Company's MPC kit, a multi-purpose combo for locating both ferrous objects and underground pipes and cables. And because it consists of two instruments in one package, it qualifies for trade-in allowances on two locators, any kind, any make, any condition. Contact your dealer for details or visit www.shonstat.com. That's S-C-H-O-N-S-T-E-D-T dot com. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com, that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Want to know if your Seanstead locator is still under warranty? Go to Seanstead.com and click on Warranty Finder in the lower left-hand corner. Enter your six-digit serial number, and it will tell you everything you need to know. Out of warranty? Click on Repair Department. But here's a tip. Before sending it in, pick up a $25 discount by going to Specials and Sales under the Buy Now tab at www.schonstedt.com. You're listening to America's Webradio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. During our last segment today, uh, and, and maybe we'll talk about some other stuff as well, but there's there's a sort of a, a big item that's covered in a number of different activities. Um, and, and I guess maybe I'll wrap all of those into the, the title of workforce development because it, in, it involves... Uh, our Young Surveyors Network, it involves our student chapters, uh, it involves um, our our potential for seeking out for STEM grants, um, it involves our future surveying task force that I think most of our listeners know at the last meeting of that group, uh, NSPS officially took the, the leading role in, in that group of people. Uh, the, the initial meeting... Um, was funded really through NCWS. That was last January, and then at the last meeting, it was unsure how many of the 18 or so organizations that participated in the first one would show up without travel funding. As it turned out, all but one did. So uh, that showed a long, a, a strong interest, and so NCS has has kind of backed away from. They're still going to participate in it, and they're still going to send representatives to our meetings, but they didn't want to be sort of the the organization. Uh, focus in this thing, so it, it, it is now in SPS to do that, and, and that all happens at the same time we're working really hard to provide information for for what's known as workforce development program, where we're trying to figure out what are the best ways to make our profession strong. Um, I guess of all the all the comments we receive through uh, whatever our mechanisms are for getting feedback. 
that concept of the future of the profession really comes out as strongly or more strongly than almost anything else. And so that has a lot of a lot of uh, tentacles to it, as I mentioned earlier. We we've, we've got our young server network, which, by the way, is going to have a pretty nice presence in our meeting coming up at the end of the week out in in Arizona. We're on the the verge. By the way, Tony, I, I received a document from the Young Surveyors Group today with their signatures on our our MOU with them, so I'll bring that with me so you and Tim can sign it while we're out there in Arizona. Well, we can get some pictures. Yes, yeah, that'll be, that'll be good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, our, our student chapters, we're trying to, to grow that group as well. Um, one thing that we've been working on here in conjunction with a lot of other people, and we've tried to capture all the information that people have out there, is to create a resource for where surveying education post-high school is available. And um, I don't know if, if we have that up on the website yet or not, but there's a fairly extensive list that we have already and hope to add to as, as we get more feedback from people in terms of where can people go and, and gather um, education that will lead them toward a career in surveying, regardless of what state they're in or what their licensing law says about how much education or experience they've got to have. Just providing that information out there is, is really important, of course. And uh, so getting those, those student chapters stronger and getting more of the schools involved in student chapters I think is important because I think we as NSPS certainly understand that that's the future. That's, that's probably where our future leaders are going to be coming from, and so we need to make sure that, that we have that communication ongoing, whether they're young professionals as the young servers group are for the most part, or whether they're students and participating in other activities we do, like student competition or whatever. So I, I'm not sure. Um, I'd be interested in perspectives that the three of you might have on that as well in terms of our responsibilities and, and the, the challenge that we face, actually. Well, uh, Kurt, if I can... Go ahead, Jack. Go ahead. Go ahead, Jack. Well, I... I was just, uh, this past, uh, well, two weeks ago, I was up at uh, Michigan Tech, Michigan Technological University. I serve on their serving advisory board. And, uh, you know, I think this workforce development, uh, you know, is, is key to our, our survival. And, I, you know, it's, I use the word survival because our profession is in uh, critical mode. Uh, and at the university, uh, you know, they have a wonderful program up there uh, with their, their surveying uh, engineering program. But, you know, they're, I guess they can use the word hurting for students. And, and they have not only their bachelor's program there, but also a master's degree program and even a Ph.D. program in, in geospatial, uh, in uh and the idea that, uh, you know, they're, they're going to, they were looking at, they were questioning, well, you know, what happened in New Mexico? Is it, are we the next one on the block? Uh, and so this is so important for our profession that we need to be generating this, you know, this educational component and supporting these universities and the, the student chapters, and I talked with them about, you know, the student chapters and why we have to have the student competition and why we need to get uh, support in Michigan Tech and their students to come to the competition. And, uh, you know, and I 
I want to, uh, if, if our any of our uh, directors are listening, please, one of the things we're working on is our policy that we've developed on student chapters. We need to find out, you know, why or the number, do you have a, do you have a university that has a student chapter? If not, why not? We need to get you involved. And so we are, you know, we need to find out from each of the states do, what what two-year, four-year uh, university or college is in your state and what can we do to encourage your, your student chapters. So this educational component of the workforce development is so very important to us at NSPS and what can we do. So there's, very true. you know. By the way, before uh, Tony or, or, or Kim uh, weigh in on this, the last I heard, there seemed to be some some hope, some some positive vibes. Maybe that that the situation you mentioned in, in New Mexico uh, may have a resolution that's not the the, the really bad one we had feared. Uh, there may be some changes to be made and what have you. But the last report I got seemed to to indicate that there was a possibility for that. So we're all hopeful that that's going to be the case. Excellent, excellent. You know, yeah. but uh, you know, and as Kim had mentioned about uh, you know the, the UAVs and the drones. They have a they have a program out there at Michigan Tech for that. How do we get the student young people involved and get the word out on those kind of things? Uh, the the dean of the students put a slide up that talked about the bulletin that's out on college the college bulletin that describes surveying. When he brought that up, I almost. <laughs> I couldn't believe what they talk about is what is serving. It's not the profession that I know today. It talked about things that were were practiced in my day of serving. That's not what we do today. We've got to yeah. change the image of our practice that, to encourage young people as to what the surveyors do today. They were talking about measuring with a, a, a transit and a tape. That's not what we do today. We have to change how we envision and project our profession. I agree. The biggest thing that we face is uh, a change in technology and a change in history. Uh, historically, the uh, correct route to be a good surveyor was experience, and you came uh, by doing, you learned what to do. Uh, especially in the 80s and 90s, uh, technology ran ahead, and it seemed like uh, everybody's definition of surveying had to do with guys who measure. Well, uh, the, the practice of surveying as a professional is about analyzing that stuff. The Very true. I, I interrupt Tony, but I think uh, no. Kim had a comment he wanted to make, too, and we're about oh, to go ahead, Sam, I'm so. sorry. Yeah, the uh, you know one of the things that we've been successful in here at our uh, the, the local university that we started our program in has been that exact thing updating you know in the state we updated our definition of surveying that took in a lot of things and that spurred some interest in the you know what we're teaching at the uh, the college level and so we have been successful in including. Uh, a UAS component in 
the surveying program. And we're lucky at uh, the Idaho State University that they have um, aeronautics, they have people that build, uh, you know, uh, robotics and things like that, GIS uh, component and things like that. So that's all been put together as uh, parts of the surveying program. The surveying program, of course, is analyzing the data and, and setting control and, you know, doing those things for the data. But uh, right now our program this uh, fall is clear full with a waiting list. And one of the other things that's been successful is the educators there have seen the need for uh, getting to the high schools. And so they've been teaching online courses to high schools over their um, their VIP, VIM uh, system to the high schools. And, and kids in high school can take these courses that, like in AutoCAD or something that they can teach, but it interests them in the surveying profession. And some of those individuals that started out as sophomores or juniors have now graduated into uh, the interest of being uh, a surveyor, and so they're coming into those programs. And that's been in just in the last two years, and it has come from, educators that have seen the need, uh, licensed surveyors that are educators that have seen the need to draw the young people into this, and those are the tools that they're using to draw them in, and uh, I think it needs to be updated uh, throughout the nation. We need to hook on to that, and um, it's, it's, we're just behind doing it, and so we just need to drive the, drive the boat, I guess, a little faster. Well, you know, Kim, also those kind of programs really uh, help to facilitate our efforts in, in seeking out trying to get uh, funding through some of these grants because those are the kind of things they will fund. So we really need to focus on those kind of things, I think, as, as we try to build our workforce development program um, and use those types of activities as, as those that can, can reach out for some assistance to be able to enhance themselves. So. I, we're almost out of time, so before I go, I want to, want to thank the three of you for being with me. It was my, my goal today, and I think we succeeded in that, is letting our audience know that NSPS, <clears throat> NSPS leaders are not just folks who get, get the office and sit around. We're, we really are an active group of people, and uh, thanks to the three of you in particular for your leadership going through this year. Uh, and, and it's a year of transition for all of us, and I think every year from now on is probably going to be your transition <laughs> to some degree. But I just wanted to, before we go into this fall meeting, have you guys get on the on the uh, show with me and and show people what our leadership's about. So thank you so much for being with me today, and I guess I'll see you in about two or three days. You're listening to America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. <laughs>